Welcome back to another guest episode and today we have with us Master Chef Chintan Pandya. Chintan Pandya is the executive chef of Rahi, a casual and relaxed Indian bistro where comfort is king. It was established in 2017 and soon after was established Adda uh, in 2018. And Adda was also labeled as the most exciting new Indian restaurant in New York by New York Magazine and landed on Eaters 2019. best new restaurants in america list the latest addition to their blockbuster chain of restaurants is dhamaka he went from oberai school of hotel management to being the executive chef of the michelin star restaurant junoon by vikas khanna and cut to now he's the executive chef of three top restaurants in new york city so welcome chintan thank you for being thank here. you thank you guys for inviting me for doing this and uh, it's very exciting when i see such young guys doing this and so enterprising and you know uh it, it, you feel very proud about it like when i was your age i would have never even thought of doing something like this so it's it's great great that what you guys are doing thank you thank you thank yeah. you yeah and uh, so at the start of the episode we'll start uh, from the beginning of your journey so how did a mumbai kid with uh, a dream of being a chef go to singapore and then land up in the new york city with three successful restaurants so can you just walk us uh, through your journey of uh, how did you end up there <laughs> yeah so actually i started like obviously i did my uh, uh, you know how in india is you do your ssc in uh, that's how in bombay it is you do your test which is ssc then you do your 12th which is the hsc and uh, i did my 12th through commerce and uh, then you have multiple options to pursue i come from a gujarati brahmin family where we never cooked meat at home or anything but my parents were very uh, liberal and they were very open about it so me and my brother started eating meat when we were like 13 14 or something our friends were all you know people who were eating so that's how we started eating we enjoyed eating it our parents never stopped it and um, i think maybe it was the uh, it was my uh, love for eating food that i realized i should do hotel management because this is the only place where actually i can eat for free and also get paid so that was one thing which prompted me to become a chef and uh, so i did my diploma in hotel management catering technology from mumbai and uh, then i was chosen as a part of oberoi hotels management school based out of delhi So that was in 2001 2003 i passed out that and then i was posted in oprah mumbai i worked there for 5 uh, to 6 years then i got this opportunity to you know move to singapore as a chef partner in one of the restaurants i was there for four and a half years then i realized that whatever i had to achieve over there was done so i was looking for newer opportunities and i thought let me come back to india and do something on my own and in middle of that i got this exciting opportunity to work in cleveland on a fast casual concept and uh, then i was there for a year and a half then i moved to atlanta to do something on my own it didn't work out it failed miserably and uh, i was looking for some opportunity that's how the uh, a job opportunity came up in uh, junoon in new york so i was there for a year and then i happened to meet ronnie mazunda who is my current business partner and we opened up rahi and then we opened up adda and in middle of that we opened up two more not brick and mortar concepts so we opened up something called biryani bowl which is like a online biryani concept like we are very passionate about few things in our life one is biryani and one is fried chicken and as a passionate we love like we travel a lot to understand and we do research on indian food in america 
uh, to you know how to enhance and get indian food to a higher pedestal that's our entire objective and that's what we work around as a vision and we travel across the country but every time we travel there are two things we have to try always one is the fried chicken and one is the biryani so we were very dissatisfied with the biryani as a product in america and that's how we started biryani bowl which is a biryani only concept you order it you pick up from one of our locations but this is the best form of biryani you can get in america and then we also opened up something known as aero banquet rmx which is first of its kind virtual reality dining uh so that is something yeah so these are all uh, this is more like uh, you know people invite us to do and do this experience for them like uh, we have done multiple of them the last one before the covid shut us down was uh, we did it for chanel for the corporate team of chanel we have been to korea for a month and now new opportunities are going to start once the covid goes away and then we opened up dhamaka in 2020 so yeah it's crazy it's crazy <laughs> Oh, it, it's amazing actually like we came across you while watching a video on dhamaka and just the concept of there is someone there doing such a great work and uh, especially because okay i am a vegetarian and i have seen your videos and i have seen your food and i have been tempted like as if the uh, like it's really amazing because the all the colors you have really portrayed the essence of indian food i we believe that it's all vibrant it's color it's not just samosa and chicken tikka and what they have just like fitted in their brains for such a long time so one of the questions was that when you initially came to us uh, for to into the scene was there any friction before, uh, between the audience and like the people who are eating or were they like were they quick to come on board and the second part to this question is that uh, your staff is also majority of them are uh, foreigners so were they like uh, what contribution and also uh, like you have talked about eric who also helped you come up with new dishes himself and there are foreigners coming up with new dishes they are doing uh, r&d and it's all so much fun so was there a friction between getting the staff into the food and then the audience into the food so you know my my career in america is split up in two halves you know uh, so one half is uh, before opening up adda and one half is after opening up adda and there are two distinct things to it because uh, it took us a time to uh, you know understand we we have that fear in our mind i think uh, we are a lot uh, scared and fearful that people will not accept something that is not mainstream so any indian restaurant that opens up in america will end up having a samosa or a chicken tikka masala or whatever you know like a common dish and there is nothing wrong in it what happened with adda is that adda was in one of the most redundant locations in new york and uh, literally like when i came with the first draft of the menu the entire menu was what i as a person love eating and uh, so the fear was not there because you know we were in a location which is a very redundant location the rent was very nominal we just had to break even the number and adda within few months became one of the most popular restaurants in america for indian food and also for non indian food like it was on literally a list of every top 10 restaurants in the country where no indian restaurant had been able to achieve and i think what it did was it gave us the confidence that you know what people want to try something more authentic and something more new and they are willing to take that challenge 
and we as a group keep on challenging and pushing ourselves and we as me as a person and we as a group we actually as you know look at a problem and try to how we can you know take this problem out of it rather than just trying to fix bandage on this problems so one of the biggest problems in new york city or across america right now is the labor market and we realized to get more indians as a labor was getting difficult and we are not finding it but we have to grow we cannot stop our growth just because we don't have something so how do we work around it so that's why we started working with a lot of people and we personally invest our time in training them and taking good care of them you know yeah. and uh, i think that's a part and parcel of everyone's life to do something new in your life you have to invest the time in the people that you are working with if you are not willing to invest the time in the people that you are working with they would not feel belong to you or they would not be loyal to you anybody can offer extra money to anybody today there's nothing yeah. wrong in it but people stay will only stay with you when they feel that they are learning something out of you or they are going to gain something from it and it's a two way yeah. thing so for us to succeed our people have to succeed if they don't yeah. succeed we fail and we fail they fail it's it's a circle you know so that's yeah. how we started looking and that's our philosophy we take a problem and try to see how we just make this problem go away that's it yeah well, that that's absolutely beautiful and we agree with it yeah and uh, thank you uh we also saw in the video that uh, chef was uh, making a dish for the dishwasher and uh, <laughs> that doesn't actually happen in a lot of the restaurants at least in india so that uh, actually portrayed the thing that you said uh, that was really amazing i i think what happens you know you can fake it a lot of people will fake it and everything but it just shows on your final product you know like uh, dhamaka has been open for 7 months we actually are on a phase where we have we have to literally open one thing we are just revamping entirely and then they're opening up three new things if i am stuck at dhamaka just doing dhamaka we are never going to grow yeah. you understand yeah. so literally for last 2 3 weeks i have been going in and out of dhamaka now if the team is not attached to dhamaka or team doesn't love to work at dhamaka it will show on our product you understand so yeah. you have to take care of people you have to take care of people that you work with at the end of the day you know success is one thing but being a good human is one thing yeah. and if you can combine both of them you achieve better in your life you understand otherwise if i am successful but not a good human being or there is no humanity there will always be this uh, you know fear that oh what will happen what will happen and we just don't do it we want people to be responsible on their own we all are adults right everybody is a adult over here who is working why should i be taming anybody or saying do this do that no we yeah. are in a phase where people will take us forward and we have to trust those people so it's all about the trust yeah that does make sense <laughs> and uh, uh you said that uh, your life was basically divided into two parts like the one before adda and one before after adda so we another question that we had was uh, how did you find the inspiration for uh, opening rahi adda and dhamaka and in which way are those three difference because all of them are uh, indian restaurants all of them have uh, indian cuisine so how how are they different from each other all three so it's a, it's a very like it's it's one of the most asked question that how is it different and what happens is that i just don't get up one day and 
do the entire menu or the concept or anything it's not like that it's a big process you know it takes a lot of time and when we were opening up rahi the entire vision in our mind i see my job is i sit with the people in the company in the management team and i keep on asking them what are you looking for what is the vision what are we doing that is the once i have that in front of me i have to start working on it that how can i so whenever i do something what i do is once i have the vision i create certain points and everything that i do has to tick up every point in there you understand so rahi was about a version of indian food where you have, we have to use a lot of local ingredients but the taste has to be indian so the entire vision was that if i close my eyes and i eat a dish it should remind me of india but when i open it it should look very like different and modern and everything that was the entire vision of rahi and then we did adda which was more like a food that i grew up eating so i'm from mumbai so it was the food which is more like a street food from bombay and what i craved eating like i've lived in delhi for few months and i traveled across the country for my food and everything that i loved eating it's about that now we were opening up dhamaka as a third restaurant and by the time everybody knew about us as a people running indian restaurants two different restaurants now everybody was thinking because adda was such a run away success dhamaka will be actually a down you understand but when we sat down yeah for the, that time the name was not decided actually dhamaka was not the name was not decided when we sat down that we are doing this project and everything the first thing and the first point which was written there was it cannot be rahi it cannot be adda it has to be something new yeah so if you and even today if you walk into any of the restaurants and if you don't know it belongs to us you'll be stunned as to like why so like it's totally different in terms of look and terms of experience yeah. everything everything from serving style from food there's nothing similar like zero similarity yeah. there's nothing similar so that's how the entire concept of dhamaka came about and then actually i was struggling with the menu a lot and i didn't know what to do new because i in my mind i'm thinking okay like everybody is doing about indian food most of the thing is there saturated i can still make the best version of it but it still doesn't fit the criteria where we are saying we are doing something new and uh, it was actually so me and my wife works i work i normally take my off on monday mm-hmm. and uh, my wife is normally not off on monday she's off on saturday and sunday and that happened to be a day where actually my wife was off that day and this is after 5 6 months of struggling on like i didn't have a single dish on the like there was nothing like i was struggling you know i was doing a lot of things i was struggling i didn't know what to do and uh, my wife asked me i was doing something i was working something and she asked me do you want to have lunch and i said yeah i would love to have lunch you know like let's all eat something so she says okay don't worry i'll make something and uh, as i said so i'm i'm a veg so my wife is a vegetarian we don't cook meat at home and i prefer eating vegetables at home when i'm home so she actually in span of 30 35 minutes made uh, chapati and made aloo and a tinde ki sabzi and she actually got you know how in indian indian household you make the sabzi in the patila and the patila comes yeah. from the dining table take it from there it's like exactly. that yeah so she actually made it and she kept it over and she told me come let's eat because the sabzi is ready and i said okay and i get up and uh, i sit there and i take the first food i take the first bite in my mind it clicked me you know like a eureka moment like wow this is the place we never get in restaurants it sounds crazy but what can we do to get this flavor and that's how the entire meal i'm eating in my mind i'm running this idea running this idea 
And as soon as I finished my meal, I called up Ronnie and I said, you know what, I have this idea, which is the most craziest idea we can think of. But I don't know how to do it. But let me run this idea with you guys with some food samples tomorrow. So I actually came up with a lot of, and over my years in India, I used to travel a lot to, you know, understand Indian food. And then, you know, we have these pockets of regions in India where we'll say, okay, you know, this comes out outstanding from this place. Like what about that you get in Bombay, you cannot yeah. find it anywhere in India, right? So exactly. there are certain pockets. And when I traveled, I would know, write down these recipes. I write down my notes on it. And genuinely, when I wrote it down, I never knew that I'm going to use this recipe because these are very specific recipes. So I actually started going through those notes and I came up with a few dishes. And then I explained the entire concept to Ronnie that how we can do this regional specialties or home cooked specialties in a way and it's presented to a customer with a very new perspective. Yeah. So it was a very risky project and that's how the entire menu for Dhamaka came into being. Okay. So like we have dishes from Meghalaya, we have dishes from Bihar, we have a dish from Orissa, which actually you won't even find it on Indian, a menu in Indian restaurants in India. Exactly. You understand? Like unless until it's a very specific restaurant, it's a different thing, but we are doing restaurants from different regions, trying yeah. to work on that. So I think that's how it's all different to each other. You know, like right. literally, and now as we are talking, we literally went into renovation last night where we are actually converting Rahi into first of its kind, regional Southern Indian food in America. Right. Where it will focus on regional specialities of Tamil Nadu, Kerala, Karnataka, Hyderabad and Telangana. You know, like, right. because what happens is it's so irritating that when you like, if I was sitting with someone else, I told somebody, you know, I... I have a dream, you know, I want to make a South Indian restaurant one day. And they're like, oh, you want to sell dosa in Italy? I'm like, no, guys, dosa Italy is like 0.1% or 1% what represents that cuisine. And yeah. it is so shameful and hurt and disrespectful when you say that the entire cuisine is uh, because of two dishes. Two dishes. And that's where yeah. the entire thought came. Why don't we create a regional specialty South Indian restaurant? Yeah. No, as a South Indian, I completely agree with that. It, it's it's been labeled now that, okay, those are it, it, the problems. It, and you know what the problem is? It's problem between, within us. Within us as Indians, why Indian food has not grown in America, nobody else is responsible. We are responsible. Yeah. Literally, we are responsible for it because that is how we have pictured our food to these people. You understand? Yeah. Chicken tikka masala is not even an Indian dish. It was created in the United Kingdom. Yeah. And still people will say Indian restaurant and they will slap chicken tikka masala on your face. Yeah. It is, it's a, it is shameful for us that we are not able to do justice to our cuisine. And we are just yeah. trying to do that justice to our cuisine. That's it. Yeah. No, it's it's completely uh, amazing to see that you are at least like for taking the example of Dhamaka, you go from making chana poda to papri chaat to Rajasthani khargosh, and you have such a wide range that, as you said, we I we won't get it in India itself. At least like if I want that one dish, I need to go to one state for that, and at one That's place, a, we, like, there's no way. You know, something which is very simple like a papri chaat. I think I, I love eating chaat. I'm a Gujarati. I'm from Bombay. I love chaat. Like, you know, that is in our blood, like literally. Yeah. What would hurt me is that whenever I went to a restaurant to have a chaat in America, it was always stale. It never tasted fresh. So literally the rule in Dhamaka is 
we make our own papri we make the masala everything the papri is only fried after 3 pm and it is only fried for that day so restaurant opens at 5 pm a papri is fried after 3 pm and we have a rule in our restaurant like we actually once the food is sold out it's sold out we don't make more so like champaran meat is cooked every day for four and a half hours it's numbered 22 23 25 whatever it's sold out it's sold out you don't have it don't have it yeah you understand yeah. we only do one rajasthani khargosh i don't know if you know about yeah. it yeah yeah it's only one khargosh a day that's it yeah. and we literally as of last night are sold out till october 24th oh wow wow that's amazing <laughs> that's yeah crazy. only but the problem is people ask us why not two and i said because we are incompetent as soon as i try to make two khargosh i won't deliver the right quality to you yeah you understand so yeah. it's it's about what you believe in and it's we can literally like i don't know like we we are the we might be the first restaurant which actually sits the last guest at 9 pm in our restaurant yeah. because we limit the number of guests who sits in our restaurant because the food cannot be cooked in volume so it's limited quantity of food we can only serve limited guests that's it yeah wow so like our our question one which we had was that um in one video where you were making samosas for the the thing you had said Munchy. that it took you it took you 300 and 400 tries to get it right and uh, so how much time do you spend on r&d and like uh, discovering new dishes and we saw it in that video also that in dhamaka that you have r&d lunches which is like uh, to find out how things are going on so what's that yeah yeah and it's it's a ongoing process it's a ongoing process and like like you know once we decided that we want to do a menu for i'm just giving an example of dhamaka because so once we gave you that okay this is what i want to do and then i have to keep like there's a dish called champaran meat Yeah. So people think, oh, it's a simple dish, you know, it's in a pot, it's cooked for four and a half hours. It's this, this, this. Let me just give you an understanding of that dish. So the uniqueness about that dish is it's made in clay pot. So we literally had to get around eleven to twelve clay pots. So first we started working on which clay pot will work best for the recipe. Oh wow! Okay, now we use goat in our restaurants. so that time dhamaka was not open and we used goat in our restaurants so we started using goat for all the sampling so after 10 11 to 12 clay pots we got down to one clay pot okay this is the clay pot which gives us the right effect and everything done so now the thing was that champaran actually uses mutton and till yeah. that day i didn't knew that you can't find mutton on east coast of america oh, wow. so now we started looking for mutton where we can find them now the rule was that we are making this dish we have to make it till the perfection of that tea you know authentic we actually found mutton in arizona so arizona is literally it's a different time zone it's yeah. a different state it's like literally i don't know how a flight is around 3 4 hours i think like more than that maybe i don't know how it is we now source the mutton from there so mutton actually comes from there every 10 days we have a batch of mutton coming from there because that's the only place we found the right mutton you understand now we had to try sampling with the mutton to get the timing right everything right for that but this is a process which went on for 3 3 and a half months you understand so and mutton is a, like champaran is one example but i'm saying like lot of these yeah. things it just it's a you know it keeps on going it keeps on going it's not like we are creating a iphone where we 
only focus on iphone as one product and we have to do like 2025 next year <laughs> yeah so exactly. yeah so it, it keeps on going and it's a process all together and it's a day in day out process you know like uh, i have to eat out a lot i actually don't like eating so much i have to control my diet and everything but it's a part of the job where i have to keep on eating and keep on thinking about it so yeah. it's it's a ongoing process you know it just keeps on going <laughs> yeah yeah so, i mean we were just excited by hearing this that it's it's so much fun to try out new things and try it out by yourself and finding that oh this works or this it, doesn't work and uh, it's amazing. okay it sounds it sounds very good when you are on the side of the grass it is not <laughs> okay. there have been times where we travel we travel to different cities and everything and we eat like six seven eight meals a day oh. and there are times where I, i actually i eat like my size doesn't justify but i eat very less literally i have to throw up multiple times when i'm driving back i have oh to stop the car and throw up because i cannot eat so much like and we are, when we go we keep on trying like six, seven eight nine restaurants because that's what we are going for right yeah. you keep on trying you keep on doing things and everything so it's crazy <laughs> it's, it's not okay. it's not fun trust me <laughs> okay so so back when you were the executive chef of the Michelin star restaurant uh, junoon as we know so what have you learned from there that you later implemented in uh, rahi adda and damaka and uh, how was your uh, experience working with uh, uh, with vikas kanda himself <laughs> so actually chef vikas is like a phenomenal he's like a mentor to me uh, we actually worked together for around 2 months or so and uh, it was a, he's like a phenomenal genuinely a great human being uh and i think what happens is that there are a lot of things you pick up you know i always say to people that everything and everything every place that you work in there are two things you'll get one is positivity one is negative thing so i'll always remember to pick up the positive things and remember what negative things also are because when you move forward in your life remember not to implement like have those negative things in what you do so you yeah. know there are all the things that i learned from but it is just fun you know like uh, i think it was a great place to work with it was the one of the michelin star restaurants in america indian food and yeah it was just it was just one year actually that's the least i've worked with someone to be honest <laughs> yeah so oh, but yeah like even the concept of junoon adda rahi everything which we were like, really fascinated by cuz firstly like it just you just feel happy seeing someone cook indian food doing it right and doing it well and people appreciating it and that's all that's the indian in you just goes wow this is this is me and this is so happy so and okay so coming to the main point which has like kind of stopped uh, stopped the progress of many uh, businesses that is covid so dhamaka and uh, had survived adda survived through covid it provided meals to so many 15700 uh, 1500 1700 people and the staff was running all throughout covid uh, you were still uh, giving meals uh, serving outside the, the restaurant so how can you describe how it was and what the whole so situation so i'll i'll explain you like um, you know like as everyone we were also hit by covid but we decided to fight through this period you know we we actually didn't have liberty to you know just sit and just think about it so we adda actually didn't even shut for one day during covid we were operational as we were running the restaurant literally 
Rahi shut down for one week because Rahi had a very different kind of a menu, and we had to change the entire menu to something that can survive through COVID. So Adda and Rahi literally were like literally open. Adda and Rahi might be the only few restaurants which were open in the entire New York City at that point of time. I think there were less than few. I I don't even know the number, but very few restaurants were open during that time. And Damaka was supposed to open in July of. 2020 obviously we couldn't open it because the entire construction everything had to be stopped so it opened up in uh, february 2021 but you know we we as a group decided something that if people wanted to work with us in this time we'll make sure that they work and they get paid yes. so we literally everybody who worked through the covid they worked with us in fact we actually gave up those who worked in that peak of covid which was uh, march april may june and july we actually gave them a bonus you understand but yeah. that was our commitment to all the people who were working that if you want to work with us this work don't worry it's our job to get the business yeah and on peak of covid we were actually doing uh, around 2000 to 2200 meals a day like 1500 out of adda 750 out of rai for different charities different uh, healthcare workers homeless people everybody so we were doing that many boxes a day during the mid of mid of course wow you understand That's and brilliant. one thing we real- no and one thing we realized you know we are that people actually support people who do work we had literally people coming and donating us the money like we started this thing that if you donate 10 dollars we can give one meal to frontline worker or healthcare anybody that you want so once we would hit 500 dollars we would make 50 meals and give it to donate it to someone mm-hmm. you know any hospital or if you straight off give us 500 dollars we can donate it to the hospital or anywhere that you want with your name over there you know like from pages or from yeah. pranav like that and we realized that there was a outpour of you know like commitment from all the customers who have been with us over the years yeah that's right so i think when you fight through it you survive through it trust me there's no yeah. way of stopping you anything yeah this also goes back to your own ideology that if you have the people if you have the workers they will again help you and it's a whole machine that works very well it just works as well you just need to be honest about it you know you cannot say that like you know you have to dirty your own hands anything that you do in your life if you stand by your people and work with them in that time they will respect you and they will work with you for you as much as they can yes yeah absolutely so uh this podcast is basically uh for students by students majority of our listener are students so what uh, messages or tips that you would like to give to students who want to be chef and uh, break into the hospitality industry i i will say people like in you know like when i i i became a chef around 2000 2001 that's when i started cooking and everything and there was not so much advent of social media that time you know like it was not like instagram or snapchat or this and that and everything but what i've realized over a period of time is that a lot of those things are impacting the actual people on how they learn and how they come up with and they feel that whatever is shown there is actually a very glamorous thing and they believe that's the right thing and it's not like when i started cooking i used to chop onions like 
a lot of onions but even today if you wake me up from my sleep and ask me to chop onions i can still cut phenomenally good fine onions in front of you at a phenomenal speed but that is because that the base that i learned from was so good now i see chefs actually i literally see chefs who can actually not chop onions and they just want to focus on plating it right and we actually like our motive as a food and everything is all about taste it's nothing about how good it looks we don't believe in that we believe that people want to taste good food and that's why they will come back you understand so and i explain people that you know when somebody is constructing a skyscraper you guys are engineer so you'll know more or more about it i don't know if you guys are civil engineer or not but when you construct a skyscraper the maximum amount of time you spend is creating the base the yeah. base has to be stronger right you dig down you put the foundation you create that base and then you can just build as much as you want so for people who want to learn cooking or do anything as a student make sure that your base and your initial training is very strong it is very firm everything else you can just keep on building on top of it if my base was not strong if my foundation was not strong i could have never grown i would have crumpled it down the tower would have fallen down so you can create the tower step by step by step but make sure your base is the strongest one yes. you know that is the one where people don't focus nowadays and that is what mm. i explain people that focus more on that and everything else will come around it yes so uh, one question that we have is an interesting one because it's a bit on a lighter note is that uh, movies like chef Uh, starring John Favreau, movies like Burnt, starring Bradley Cooper, have been one of those pivotal movies which have like showed us the reality of uh, being a chef. They have showed the sad uh, backstory, which is like brutally true. And uh, so, uh, our question is that how, uh, to what extent is it true that uh, it is sure that executive chefs are really, really um, blunt and very uh, they say it on your face, and you have to. like go through it and the whole story behind a, a, a restaurant is a very uh, fast and it is a rapid process of you can't waste at least even a single minute which and like can you just explain like uh, to what extent are those movies like true to what actually happens behind the scenes and how it does the thing so i wouldn't see it say it's entirely true there are certain aspects of it which are very true certain of them as dramatized because they are telling you a story you understand they are selling you a story which they want you to get excited by uh there is a lot of planning precision you know it's a clockwork it's actually a clockwork and i sometimes feel you know there are some shows which are so drama i actually don't that's why i watch, don't watch any any cooking shows or anything i genuinely don't watch because they are too fake and that is something that i don't believe in and they impart a wrong knowledge to people you know like one of the notion is that oh all the once you become a chef you have to shout at people you have to do this and that's genuinely i think maybe there are 10 15% or 20% of people doing it just looking at it but i don't think so that works if yeah. if that was the case i wouldn't be sitting here and talking my heart, throat would be hurting a lot trust me yeah. <laughs> so i there's a certain aspect of it which is good certain aspect of it which i don't totally agree to it and that's my personal opinion and if you were to name any of your chef uh, who are like idols of you and who have inspired you throughout the years who would they be 
there's actually he was my teacher and he's a very dear like chef i still talk to him i look up to him his name is uh, chef varnitaran pacha he lives in bangalore actually right now uh, one of the most uh, knowledgeable person that i have met and i genuinely look up to him i am in a problem in my life at this point of time i call him up or text him or something so yeah him that's, that's nice that's uh, really nice to have an idol in your life so you no know, it's very important it's very important you know like you need to have somebody who can give you that uh, you know understanding and perspective because at some stage in your life you start thinking that you know you know everything but trust me nobody knows anything nobody knows nobody knows anything everything so it's okay you need to have ideas and it could be from the same field or it could be somebody from the different field also there's nothing wrong i actually i i have a rule like i talk to uh if i am in a problem or anything i approach people a lot i go a lot for lot to people for help because i think most of us are show uh, you know like uh, ashamed of asking for help that we yeah. are losing out on it yeah that's true so, uh, that is one I, rule i have that i ask for help to everyone <laughs> i'm a selfish yeah. guy <laughs> okay. uh, so the, we have introduced a new segment in our episodes, and uh, it is basically we get in all the audience, uh, and we ask them if they want to ask any question to you, and uh, we got an overwhelming amount of responses to which we narrowed down a few. So the first one is from S D underscore Rath, or Rath, uh, and he asks. have you ever felt scared of failing or you might have chosen the wrong path and then if yes then what kept you going i there's something that i like over a period of time you know like over a period of time you keep on moving in your career but the faster the fear of failure moves out of your life uh, your growth accelerates a lot i i lost my fear of failure in my late 20s and i still curse myself why didn't i lose it when i was 20 years old so yeah. fear of failure is the worst thing in your life and i think the faster you lose that the better you'll be as a human being the faster you'll go as a professional so and and could you like explain like what made you through the transition and what helped you i I think one thing that I keep on doing is I keep on you know asking myself a lot of question I keep on uh you know reading a lot like and when I when I say I read a lot I don't read anything about food it's all apart from food like nothing to do with food I'm talking about apart from food and I would look at examples and examples and I keep on learning from it in my mind and, you know that that's how I think at some point I realized that uh, the fear of failure had to move out so there was not there's not one instance but it's over a period of time the more clarity i got in my life is where i start leaving the fear of failure behind that's amazing so abhi abhi underscore 0.6 asks why does adaptation and cooking from a regional cuisine uh, wasn't earlier it wasn't there and now it has suddenly popped up in the scene is what he asks so how did that happen i i don't know how it happened i still don't know how it happens in india but i personally like it's not happening in america actually it's not happening we we might be the one of them doing it because you know as i said you know i keep on questioning myself a lot and i would see a lot of indian chefs using foreign ingredients like they'll use a ingredient like wasabi which is traditional to japan yeah. in the indian food and they will call it innovation then they will use 
uh, a cheese like a burrata which is a italian cheese in indian food and call it innovation and i started feeling like that was not innovation actually and i started looking at different cuisines in america where you have italian restaurant which focuses on you know regional specialties japanese restaurants doing that and they are actually going digging deeper in their own culture to get those ingredients and i realized we were not doing it that's when i we started digging deep into our own culture to get those ingredients and try to keep it as authentic as possible so yeah. i think i don't know about india i'll be honest not don't know much about the indian market over there but uh, i hope that many people follow the part of doing regional food in america right yeah. and not i i think like a lot of us try to prove other people that what we can cook and i it, it just doesn't you know uh, does good for the cuisine as well yeah i guess the, even the smallest part of using a red onion and not a white onion even in the us yeah, yeah. that's where it starts yeah like we have been working for last uh, year or so and i think it will take us more three four years to work on it we want to actually create a farm growing indian vegetables with indian seeds so you yeah. do get indian vegetables in america but these are grown with hybrid seeds which actually are not indian seeds like you know it's not the actual seeds from india with which you are growing vegetables this is a hybrid seeds of cucumber tomatoes cauliflower you know a lot of common indian okay. ingredients and it just doesn't taste the same how you taste in india so it's a very long yeah. shot and it's a very big process where we are trying to work with a farm to grow indian vegetables with actually indian seeds the problem also is that you cannot import indian seeds over here because it's illegal so you have to go through a right channel to do it yeah oh, okay <laughs> so one question uh, uh, we uh, mihir asked about uh, the same uh, innovation that you talked uh, what opinion do you carry about uh, fusion foods it's nothing wrong it's it's about what you believe in at the end of the day there is nothing wrong there is nothing right it is what you believe in if you believe in that you are doing a fusion food and that is your commitment to deliver at 100% please do that there is no wrong there is no right in this world it is what you as a human being you as a person believe in once you believe in that give your 110% to it you know so yeah. i i just say to people i just don't believe in it will i cook something like that i don't know but i don't yeah. believe in it at the point of time so if i don't believe in something i just don't do it yeah so and there yeah. are people who love fusion food there's nothing wrong guys there's nothing wrong it's what they believe in doing you understand so it's about the belief guys it's all about that yeah so abhinav had a question uh, which master chef show you like the most <laughs> i i actually answered that i don't watch any yeah, of these exactly. shows yeah <laughs> <laughs> i i i genuinely would watch a comedy show than watch those shows <laughs> yeah. okay so Okay, Vidyadhar asks, except for being a chef, what other occupation would you have loved to have? Lawyer. I would have loved to become a lawyer. <laughs> Is it the Bollywoodized version of it that you want to be and you want to you want to say that one dialogue or something, or is it like no, 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 no. <laughs> which dialogue? Tarik pe tarik, tarik pe tarik. <laughs> <laughs> no no I, i i that's what you know like my wife always says you would have been a good lawyer because you can reason anything with anyone i'm sure that is not the case <laughs> that's all bullshit but i think yeah no because i i don't know i always uh, yeah actually uh, like i 
yeah, I have an uncle who is a lawyer, and uh, my dad had actually a business of law books. He used to deal with law books and everything. So yeah. I think maybe that's why I thought lawyer was a good, good profession. You know? That's interesting. And, okay, and the, so only, Shravan, the, 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 the only thing which actually didn't persuade me to do that was the books. Because my father used to get those books and they were like this thick. I'm like, I'm not having reading this. That's why. Yeah. Uh, so Shravan2907 asks, apart from taste, what is important or what is most important when it comes to cooking? For me, it is obviously the taste is number one priority. Uh, a lot of people will believe in, you know, looking at it and everything and it's their perspective. But I feel that how authentic, how fresh and how it's tasting is the main criteria. You understand? I might give you a good looking food. You might come once, but if you don't like the taste, you're never going to come back again to eat it. Yeah. You understand? And, so and taste is the most important. Yeah. And, okay, this is like Sorry. from my side, uh, which I want to ask is, uh, and how much uh, uh, like priority do you give to texture? Because we, I am a big fan of cooking. I cook myself. I am a big fan of watching shows of MasterChef and everything, just to see the glamour side of it. And I guess the, it's just good to like see people critiquing, and you can learn a bit from everywhere. So people have talked a lot about how there should be a balance of textures in every dish, and you need to uh, like have if you have something sweet, then you have to have something salty in it, and what is your view on that? No, no, it's very important. It depends actually on the dish that you're having. So let's say something like a chart. Chart will have different textures to it because, you know, you'll have something crispy. You'll have something which is sweet, salty, sour, chili. You know, everything is there, spicy. So it is. it depends on the dish that you are doing. You understand? So you, and as I say, you know, you need to be honest to that dish. Like if you are making, let's say, uh, let's say you're doing a rice kheer. You know, yeah. you can add a crisp texture to it by adding something on top of it, but authentically it doesn't have the texture. Yeah. A chart will have multiple textures to it. So it depends on the dish that you are doing. Yeah. yeah. But yes, texture plays a lot of role into it. So it's not yeah. that it's not important, but as I say that it has to be real. Like it's like having, let's say you're having a lassi. Lassi doesn't have a texture. It is still a food or a drink. How yeah. can you have a texture to a lassi? You understand? You have to just create yeah. a lassi. That's all. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. So we also got a response from Bharat Ice Cream. So restaurant industry is not easy. How do you and Ronnie push to create one restaurant after another? <laughs> the same way she keeps on creating new flavors of ice cream. <laughs> no, no, I'm just joking. No, no, I, I know her. I know the lady. She's a very passionate lady. Uh, I met her actually at Damata. But it's, it's, you know, it's not like we don't believe that we are doing something to prove to people or pushing or something. We are just doing that we believe in. And I keep on repeating this self because a lot of people do things to prove to other people. And I think this is the biggest mistake which people do. We actually are not doing anything to prove to anyone. We are just doing things that we believe is something that will take our vision, which is to take Indian food to next level. You know, and that's our vision. We just keep on working day in, day out to do that. That's the only vision we have, that how can we take Indian food to next level and, you know, move that compartmentalization of Indian food in people's mind. Yeah. So, please, if people feel that we are path-breaking and everything, genuinely, that is not our attempt. We are just doing a job that we believe in. Yeah, and doing it beautifully. <laughs> so, exactly. congratulations on that. Thank so, you, thank uh, you. 
you've talked about mentors i'm just adding this question just because we also got this question from a couple of people that uh, if they wanted to be like uh, an apprentice under you and they want to learn from you is that uh, position open and will that be ever possible in the near future so right now i'm in middle of so many things that people do apply for it and i explain them that i genuinely don't have personal time to teach obviously i'll be there teaching everybody in the team and everything but like there was somebody who says i want to work with you i said no problem let me get a interview fixed with somebody at the chef of one restaurant and you can he said no 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 i want to work with you you and i said unfortunately i am so busy right now that i have multiple things happening i can make you work with one of my team with which i will be working with but i cannot individually work with you you understand Yeah. So yes, there is a lot of opportunity for apprenticeship and everything, and we are open for that. We love teaching people if they are uh, passionate about knowing about Indian food. Yeah. So that's firstly amazing. That's just beautiful. All the whole story of uh, how Rahi Adda and Dhamaka have come have really been fasc have fascinated us, and uh, we wish you all the best. So before we Thank end or uh, wrap up the episode, we have a segment which we ask. every guest who comes on our show and uh, it consists of two questions so i'll ask you the first question first is that what is the big uh, what is the best mistake that you have ever made i make so many mistakes what is the best mistake i ever made <laughs> ah, i have made many mistakes man you don't even know like multiple groups <laughs> of have done i don't uh, like in a food world or what kind of like Uh, anything the students can learn from so anything uh, let me think about a latest man i do many mistakes like i genuinely <laughs> do so many goof ups you don't even know the only thing i'm good at covering it up that's the only thing is good about it <laughs> uh like something that i did very stupid was that uh, uh like i sent a chicken pulao on the veg table actually like oh. this was like a week back or something and no because we make pressure cooker pulao like from raw thing and i actually tagged it wrong a veg and a non veg and thankfully the person didn't eat it because by the time i opened the second i saw it was veg the chicken had gone so i ran out but this is like a small mistake i've done multiple mistake i genuinely can't remember now <laughs> okay 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 uh, one one addition to that would be now that you've mentioned it is that what do you what, what's your views on veg biryani then Yeah, because that's because, a controversial topic. Yeah, it's a very controversial topic. I have to actually <laughs> go back home because my wife is vegetarian. So, <laughs> <laughs> I I would never order a veg biryani in a restaurant unless until my I'm dining with my wife. Let me put it that way. And actually, I'm I'm I actually even when I eat a biryani, I love eating a goat or a mutton biryani. I don't even like eating chicken biryani. So, uh, veg biryani is a very controversial thing. Let's put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, <okay>. yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I yeah, think yeah. what happens is like uh, it's it's very funny. And I was explaining, like I was talking to someone that how like uh, uh, I think India has got a lot of innovative food because of vegetarian people. Because of yeah. the vegetarian people in India, we have got a lot of innovation in our food. Because like my wife, she's a vegetarian. But she'll always say, "I want to eat sushi," and I'm like, "Dude, like sushi is seafood." <laughs> But no, no, they can make it with avocado. They can make it with asparagus or the cream or something. 
so they actually have created a industry where people are actually now making vegetarian sushis which was actually yeah. unheard of 10 years back yeah. like i remember like people traveling to thailand or to uh, you know southeast asia coming back and there was soup called laksa in southeast asia very tasty soup but it's a seafood soup and how these vegetarian people saw the soup and created a vegetarian version of it which actually tastes good it's not bad tasting it's actually not that bad tasting but i think yeah. they vegetarian people are responsible to creating a lot of innovation in india about food and I, you have to give it out to them trust me otherwise nobody would ever uh, you know like would have been able to innovate that like you yeah. won't find a veg sushi in japan but you find it in america now <laughs> like there are restaurants there are restaurants in new jersey and new jersey that i live in new jersey so i work in new york i live in new jersey which actually have a separate vegetarian menu so if you go to a mexican wow. restaurant and say to them that i am vegetarian they say okay wait i'll get a menu that menu only has vegetarian dishes Yeah. So they have created that change and impact in the cuisine whole there. Yeah, that's yeah, nice. That's and uh, the variation of paneer dishes that we have in India talks about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's everything paneer into multiply by hundred. Let's put it that way. Yeah, <laughs> that's another controversy that chefs are asked that what is the difference between this one and this one, and that's a whole another topic. <laughs> But okay, turn away. Yeah, yeah. 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 So the second question was uh, that you read a lot, as you said. So what uh, is so that one book or a movie that uh, has changed your life? So I always I have like uh, yeah, these three books. I always say to people, I I always have it. One is uh, Good to Great. One is okay. Blue Ocean Strategy, and there's a book called Lateral Thinking. Three books. Yeah. So I think these three books oh, have impacted. So there are multiple books, but these three books are which have impacted me a lot in my life. Yeah. And are there any movies? Oh, there are a lot of them. Movies I love a lot. Three Idiots for short. Uh, yeah. Three Idiots is one. Uh, remember the Titans. Uh, three Idiots and Remember the Titans. Yeah. These two are yeah. movies which I think it's phenomenal. Like and the way they are and you know way they. teach like uh, like obviously three idiots is a legendary movie and i always say like i actually ask a lot of my in non indian team members to have a look at that movie and understand the entire concept of it and uh, i don't know if you guys have seen remember the titans have you seen that yeah, yeah we have yes yeah, yeah. it's a beautiful yeah denzel yeah. washington yeah, yeah, yeah. beautiful yeah. movie and the way the entire team is and how you know they approach the entire conflict with the team and try to sort it out so i think it's a very impactful movie actually yeah, the fact that this movie has been mentioned twice in our short span of podcasting just shows that it has really impacted so many people all over the world who, who so else that, like remember the titans who else like who else like this it was a person named james russo who had initially come on our podcast i guess 3 weeks okay. ago yeah so, no no it's it's a phenomenal like it's it's a movie about team building like how there are different people thinking different ways and then you have to align everybody to have a right team you know yeah. and i always say like the the book lateral thinking is by this guy known as edward de bono and he has one more book which i think is phenomenal it's called a six thinking hat it's also like outstanding book okay. that's a way because we we make a segment on our instagram page where we will name all these and uh, yeah we encourage our listeners to read these books cuz 
if it has changed someone's life it's bound to change yours and give it a try give it a read and watch the movies have some fun and thank you thank you sir thank you for coming this has been amazing uh, this has been like uh, we have been waiting for this day since so long and we also i apologize that if i have been a bit too uh, annoying in the email or the no no I, I think what happens is that you know like uh, there are so many things that we at some point had so many things to reply back and we you know missed out on few things we then let the pr team and everybody do it and i it it i didn't even remember that they didn't reply back to you something that's why i told you just give me a time and i'll yeah. do it for you don't worry yeah that's yeah. it so it has been amazing thank yeah, you for yeah. being here thank you thank you guys and please keep on doing what you're doing and it's uh, very uh, i feel very proud that such young brains are doing such phenomenal things so trust me when i was a year age i wouldn't have even thought of doing something like this so guys just keep it up and congratulations and anyway i can help you and your podcast just let me know please thank you thank you so thank much you, we have we just now we are we uh, aimed is that when we go to new york city we need to go to all the three restaurants we want to go and, yeah, and experience that first hand yeah so thank please, you please thank come you come over pleasure thank you thank you guys thanks a lot thank you thank, thank you thank you, so thank you. Thank you.